It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to another exciting edition of the Pointless Exercise podcast. It's time to talk about media and sports and all kinds of other stuff with uh, John Greenberg, senior columnist of The Athletic. John, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. I talked to my bosses at Marquee. They said I'm allowed to come on this show. It's good. I'm glad you got permission. <laughs> they did tell me they would uh, they would instant message me, though, if I, if I need to have technical difficulties. At any point. <laughs> So now you, of course, you've been on that show. Um, I love the set. It's it's extreme. I don't know how they spared no expense. You know they have the glowing neon Cubs set, and then is that like a? It looks like they turned a garbage can upside down and then uh, threw some papers on it. See, I, I the, the papers on the desk things as maybe a little much. They should have went for the old Wendy's tables. Remember the old Wendy's tables that had the newspaper like. Uh, like design on them. Remember those? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what they probably should do. They're trying to do this. Obviously they're trying to do the sports reporters old set with the, the light, you know, hanging over it. I actually, here's the thing. I actually like the table setup. Okay. Better than the chairs. Well, that you yeah. Had at cap show. Yeah. Cause we all look like slovenly, like we're out of shape messes. You know, it looked terrible. Cause we were all in like cheap suits and we're sitting in these chairs and it's just like, I would rather have a table around me to talk. I feel more comfortable. Well, I, I agree with that. We talked about that with Chuggo and the fact they need 
they yeah, need a table. Right. You don't need to look at everybody's crotch <laughs> the entire time. <laughs> this but, is our interior. You and I, when people come to this podcast with me and I just talk about interior set design. Yes. I have a problem, though, with the round table that you then, it's it's just like in, I guess, sitcom where they go to a restaurant, everybody strategically sits so you don't see the back of anybody. It just looks very odd. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess right now the set design's not the, their biggest issue. No, it's probably not. Um, yeah, so, well, when you have a, have rabble rousers on the show, like David Haw and Piggy Kaczynski, <laughs> you get what you ask for. The crazy thing was, at least the way Paul Sullivan summarized it, it, the criticism didn't sound all that much. Yeah, I'm surprised that was the thing um, that, that someone pushed back on. And I really don't think it's a – it was like an overarching like edict not to criticize the Cubs at all. Because the show I did, I mean, I don't remember what I said. But I do remember we weren't like, man, this rebuild's awesome. Yeah. Like the, the waves of talent coming in are just so impressive. Like we criticized them. So that I, I kind of do – agree with McCarthy saying like it was basically someone being a little overzealous. I don't think it was a junior producer. I think it might've been someone kind of higher up yeah. um, that just made a quick trigger decision that really backfired. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's one thing if they, if they cut it out, it's another thing to pretend that you had a technical difficulty. And then when you go to redo the segment, be like, uh, you can just leave out the part about Jed not being as transparent as Theo. The other thing is, I mean, you you know Jed. I only observe him from afar. I can't imagine that that the Jed would care about that uh, criticism. No, I mean, he. Although I will say, Jed hasn't exactly helped himself from like pushing back when we call it a rebuild, yeah. like in questions. Like, dude, what do you? Yeah, it's a like, it's just semantics. I get his point, and his point is that they've already built up an infrastructure and you know whatever. But like. Not like this, it's not like the scouting. It's not like he's inherited this minor league system that's so great yeah. to run. You know, I think it's probably just um, a little sensitivity of him. The fact that he's around, he, he was part of the reason why like they have to do a rebuild. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't like when I was on the show. There was no, uh, hey, you can't say this, you can't say that. McCarthy did make a joke to us when I got there um, about something we couldn't say, but it was something so outlandish. I don't want to repeat it because it was like in private, but like it was something so outlandish. Obviously it wasn't something we were going to say. So like that was his only thing. Um, But I mean, I guess, you know, we have to think like we are going on the Cubs network. Um, You know, there's some stuff you can't say like, you know, Todd Ricketts should go to hell, but like, you know, Pete, we were joking kind of doing something on the Pete Ricketts stuff because that was like the day that Pete Ricketts like, Abortion should be outlawed for like in all that. We were joking about talking about that on the show, um, which would have been funny, but like they were fine about everything. And I like, if you're going to do the show, you got to be fine about everything. Like you you can't can't, do it half ass. I mean, obviously they, they're going to try to cover other sports, but it's still the cub network. They're going to want you to talk about the cubs. And if things aren't going well, you can't talk about how great everything is. They have to be willing. Nothing's great. Yeah, nothing's great. I mean, you made a really good point in your column, um, which I just subscribed to, Yes, as, as, as we talked about. And then I was looking at my bank account. I'm like, wait, what the hell is this? You Man. charged me this much God, money for, for that crap? pointless exercise. What the hell? Um, but no, you made a good point. Boat. <laughs> you made a good point, though, that like what this really does is make you you know, think again about some of the other coverage on there mm-hmm. and like what they're told they're allowed to do. 
Um, I got to be honest. I don't know if I've ever watched the postgame show in its entirety, so I don't know. I'm going to do it tonight before I write about it to see like what they talk about. You'll be the first. Nielsen will send you some kind of prize if you make it the full hour. But it's oh, they do like a full hour, don't they? Yeah, they do an hour. They they do an hour pregame and an hour postgame. I mean, Cole Wright should get some kind of medal. For getting through he all really that crap, should. especially with the uh, usually the dynamic personalities that they pair him with. Like, <laughs> all right, Cole, uh, an hour with you and Ryan Sweeney talking about the Cubs' eleven to two loss. Go. No wonder he's got terrible nicknames for everybody. It just chews up some time. And that's what he needs. <laughs> we both agreed the fact that like Cole Wright is like when he came from the NFL Network. That's I mean he should have a national job, like doing national highlights. You know, national interviews. He's a, he's a charismatic guy. He's a high energy. Like this is just isn't the right. I don't think it's really the right fit for him. And I'm sure he probably knows that as well. Yeah. You need a cap. You need a, a shameless. You need a cap's not a shameless homer. Actually, I, I apologize for saying because cap's a homer, but he's uh, he's high energy and he's he's willing to criticize. Yeah. He's just nuts. You need someone who's crazy. Well, he's he hangs out on one end or the other. He's either killing everybody or everybody's <laughs> right. great. Depending on, there's no right. middle ground with Cap. He goes from this is the best team in baseball. I can't imagine they could lose 12 games this year to everybody should be fired. Everybody's a moron. We should all <laughs> let's all go be White Sox fans. It's like no, no, Dave, calm down. How about Cap's new thing? I heard him on the radio today saying that fans should never say a professional athlete sucks because they've got here. I'm like Cap, your whole career is saying guys suck. I'm like what are you talking about? <sighs> But you do need a cap. You need that local, mm-hmm. like, and you know, on the White Sox postgame show, Garfine's, you know, Garfine's doing a really good job actually directing traffic on that show. But Ozzy's like your crazy guy, right? Yeah. And then Garfine, like, is fun because he does get really upset when the White yes. Sox are bad. And then and Ozzy gets to make fun of him. Yeah. And it's a good, it's a good thing. I mean, that's, you know, like, what's the most popular Bears post-game show ever is Doug and OB on the mm-hmm. score, right? Two guys just yelling. Yeah, screaming incoherently at each other and people eating <laughs> right, it Right, so. Well, I asked Cap how close he got to working a marquee, and he said not close at all. No. It so sounded he, like they made him some kind of offer, and NBC made him a better offer to yeah, stay. And, he just, and it's better for his, his – he said it. It's better for his life. Yeah. He's getting older, and he doesn't want to work every night. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. He could, Couldn't he do the post-game from the cryo tank, though? They just let him like, you know, I gotta get my cryo time in. That's fine. You can. You want to do an hour? They we'll, we'll Marquee needs Marquee needs cap, and I'm sure they don't. I'm sure the people in charge think you know whatever. He's just some Chicago guy, and they can you know they have this national vision for everything. And that network needs a cap in some sense. This network needs a new everything. They need to re whoever unplugged it. Which should have should have done it for you if you unplug it for a minute, right? And then plug it back in, everything reboots. That's what they should have done, and just start over with all of it. Um, you know, they need. I think we talked about it last time, right? I mean, they need. They've got to have some kind of analyst with an actual personality, uh, post game wow. analyst. Their game game broadcasts when they leave them alone are fine with yeah. Boog and JD. They're but good. I mean, you don't. I don't want to. Talk, I don't want to hear Ryan Sweeney or Sean Marshall or then. You know, Cliff Floyd or Carlos Pena like parachute in for like three days and then they're gone again. And it's and they I, they, they like, don't know how to use Doug Glanville at all. I, I think they they like 
uh, Mabin and Floyd, but I don't think those guys want to be full time here. Well, Cliff's got both least, doing national yeah, stuff. Yeah, Cliff's got at least two other jobs, and Mabin's doing Yankee games. So right. Yeah, I don't think they can't get him full time. Right, and I think they're pretty high on them. Dempster's been like gone for a while, right? He just came back again. Yeah, it was kind of nice. He hadn't <laughs> been around at all. This all of a sudden he was back doing um, so a little post game stuff, and then all of a sudden the Cubs got to Cincinnati for the for the preview of the um, Field of Dreams game coming up later this summer that um, Fox must be super excited about. He's in Cincinnati doing all just as the only analyst doing the Cub games. It's like, oh, we went from nothing, we went from zero to a thousand with Dempster. Do we really need him <laughs> all the time? Oh, man. He's, um, he's at his least destructive um, as, a, as, a, as a game analyst. He's, he's, not, yeah. he's not really bad at it. I'm, he's never going to be no. a cup of tea. I'll never, I'll never forgive him for um, crippling two Cubs playoff seasons. The, screwing up the Met game at the end of the season in 04 and then walking the entire – having Joe Torre's strategy of just telling the Dodgers, take until he throws a strike, which was actually what – that was the Dodgers' entire elaborate strategy. And it worked. He walked seven guys. It's like, great. I I like Dempster personally. Um, And he could be really good. I think if he just, like, if he really wanted to get better at it, like, if someone in charge would tell him when to lose the shtick, you know, if he went to, like, the ESPN, like, broadcasting boot camp, where they kind of, like, will tell you, like, how to ask questions. You know what I mean? That kind of stuff. Of course, imagine if Cap ever went to the ESPN, like, question asking summit. (laughs) Where the question asking like guru tells you like how to ask questions that would it would be like his head would explode. Yeah. When do I, explode. Okay. Now when do I yell shot or no shot? <laughs> you don't. What? Ah, you guys don't know anything. Uh, with Dempster, I think you can tell by the by the blazer he chose that day what whether you're in for it or not. If the if that red and blue checkered blazer is out, it's just turn the TV off because it's about to get bad. And the shtick, it's he's basically gonna have he's gonna, gonna have carrot tops box and he's gonna be digging into it the entire broadcast. And it's just like don't don't I'm, just go away. I'm such a big Deshays fan, he's personally great. and professionally. Yeah. I just think he's great. He's a perfect TV broadcaster. He's funny, he's dry, he he knows how to get the technical stuff out of it, but he's funny. Like he has an actual personality. Yeah. So I'm a big fan. And that's why when they when they tried to force Dempster in as the third man in the booth, it doesn't work at all because Dempster is a poor, poor man's Jim Deshays. He's not going to tell you anything about pitching right. that Jim already can't. He's He tries to be funny, where Jim doesn't have to try to be funny. He's just funny. It's like it's like Bugardi has the guy sitting on his right. He doesn't need a lesser version of it on the left competing for airtime. Just stop it. Uh, I wonder how long Boog's going to be here. I don't know. It was a great... Yeah. Um, it was a, it was a it was about it was the best possible hire they could make when they made it. You know, we were all right. worried. We were paralyzed with fear. We were about to get 148 games of Chris <laughs> Myers. But I mean, he's already. I mean, he convinced him that he should still do. He it's he's not doing Sunday night on TV. In addition to, he's doing it on the radio. I mean, that right. to me is one foot out the door. When he won't give up the radio job to do marquee <laughs> full time. He's like, oh, so you guys can find somebody for Sundays, right? Yeah, don't worry about it. It'd be great. <laughs> yeah, I, I wonder about him, Amin, and Benetti, how long it lasts here. That's actually literally one of the things I wrote down is how long 
do we think Jason Benetti is around before he's purely a national? You know, he's too good, and he's already, I mean, he's he's a lead college basketball announcer. He's a lead college football announcer. He's doing uh, the uh, 7 a.m. Uh, baseball games on Peacock. Um, you know, he's kind of, he's already all over, and how long before he's just not? He's, I like him a lot better, but it reminds me of when Brian Anderson was juggling things and still doing Brewer games for right. Fox Sports. And then all of a sudden, he's just gone. He was just no longer the Brewer's announcer. Because he's like, oh, I got a lot of better jobs. I'm doing those. I, I almost thought he was about to be done because he was so vocal about them not traveling last year. And, you know, he was so fed up with the people at NBC, whether it was the national people or the local people. I wondered if that was like how close he was. Now that they're back to doing it, you know, I think he's probably a little pacified. But you know, I, I felt like he was, you know, ready to say like, "Listen, I, I have other jobs. I don't yep. need to like do this from the NBC studio, the NBC tower, not even like the main yeah. office." It was a real bad setup, and he was real fed up. So that's when I really started thinking he might not be long for Chicago. Well, and so when he leaves, I mean, do they just slide Len over? Because I thought the whole thing with Len was, yeah, right. the oh no, radio. radio, I want to be Ernie Harwell. And and right. you guys had, uh, Mark Lazarus wrote a piece today about how much it sucks for hockey announcers. The biggest games come and they can't do them. And that was supposedly Len's biggest reason for wanting to go to radio. Was So when the playoffs came around, he could actually work instead of doing I, I think, I, I think he was very authentic on that. And I think that's true. And um, you know, he wanted that change. And he wants the chance to do a World Series. I think if that happens, once he's done that, maybe for a few years, then he slides back to TV. I even thought he might be, it might be a Benetti Casper booth and just say, just get rid of the, you know, the ex-athlete yeah. and just have those two. Because, you know, every TV bro- like producer now thinks they have the, the perfect idea and that's making it just a conversation instead of the traditional play-by-play color man color person you know they think they think this is going to attract the younger viewers you know jason benetti and len casper dazzling uh gen z (laughs) with their with benetti's old uh, pop culture references (laughs) (laughs) and they have done it right i mean they've done it they um, have like a game here or there with you know yeah steve they have a great it's not it's nothing about like whatever genius idea people think they have those two have a pretty good rapport yeah and, you know, they both know how to call a game very professionally. So, you know, I don't know if Stoney's ever going to retire. He's going to be like 100 years old. It doesn't seem like it. I mean, you know, wearing like pinky rings and bracelets and golf shirts. Why doesn't anybody do the old, uh, well, I guess, I mean, the Giants do it, where they're, you'll be watching a Giants game and Dwayne Kuyper will disappear and John Miller shows up because they slide over to the radio booth. And that's how... Cub fans, we grew up with that. Harry went and did the yeah. three on radio because of the very thing Len want. Harry wanted to do radio. He just wanted to keep a toe in it. And then part of it at the beginning was to pacify Milo Hamilton. They had promised Milo Jack's job. If you ever, we did remember this crap, and I found the last, Jack Brickhouse's last game, and Milo is so excited. You could tell. He's like, I'm taking over. I'm finally going to be the lead announcer for the Cubs. And I don't know, like two weeks after Jack's last broadcast, the Cubs hired Harry. <laughs> Milo's like, oh, shit. <laughs> so they would shift them over. Maybe that's how they could, uh, you know. Yeah, that's and like Len, Chicago's... you want to do the middle three of a World Series instead? How about that? 
Well, was, remember it was like when Len would be done and then he would slide over the radio for the playoffs mm-hmm. and like, you know, push back like Zayman or Grody from like He got to, he got to do the Pat Hughes' uh, bathroom time inning in the fifth. <laughs> I like when I used to see Pat, like would just be sitting in the, in the kitchen eating ice cream during that <laughs> inning. Just having a little, just like a, ple- just such a pleasant man eating his ice cream. Well, and that's another brewer thing. Um, if you if you listen to Brewer games back when Pat and was working with Bob Euchre, Euchre would be not announcing. You know, same kind of thing. They had some kind of rotation, but then all of a sudden you'd hear him like in the background. Like he'd think of a story, and he was just he was doing the Pat thing. He's literally just sitting in the back of the booth, and all of a sudden he grabbed a microphone and just started telling stories because right. something occurred to him. And it's like, why is he off for two or three innings then? If he's just going to sit just, there yeah, and chime just, in anyway. Just rest in his voice. Just yeah, I mean, that's literally why Pat's doing it, right? The doctor told him that he needed to take a break because he had to have vocal yeah. cord surgery and all that was real. And, and he can't he can't, uh, he can't drink anymore because of it. Because I asked him, I'm like, Pat, do you ever have a White Claw? Because his White Claw ad reads are so good. And he goes, no, I can't drink anymore. He's like, I was never a big drinker, but I would like a beer or two. Yeah, and he goes. So I've never been able to try White Claw because it's oh, after the, the God, overpass surgery. Because I, that no, guy, zing, I could, no zing zang either. Can you imagine? I mean, I could one White Claw Pat, and he would just he'd be he wouldn't be able to stop pounding him. I can't imagine what a loss for White he's, Claw. He's so good. I love listening to him in the car. It's just like it's just the best thing in the world. Yeah. He, uh, it becomes he's he's. He has the mechanics down to the point where he doesn't have to think about them. You know, he can be in the right. middle of something and just offhanded, he describes the play and then he's right back to what he what he wants to be. And then it is jarring then when you get to the fifth inning and there and then you get Zach, who does not have the mechanics down. Early in the season, horribly surprised by two home runs to the point where it's like, Oh, that's good that's a homer? Like, oh Zach, that's not going on the real, I don't think. That's it's not very good. I, I don't know. I like Zach's. So I won't make fun of him. But uh, well, I last, say every time, every time, time I'm in around. the car. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, every time I'm in the car is the attendance game. And all I can think about is how bad Santa was at it. Honestly, I, the few games I listen to on the radio, I think they do the attendance game for six innings. <laughs> it's I like just, an hour's worth of attendance yeah. game. Uh, like they talk about past attendance games. Like everyone streaks. <laughs> it is like a lot of attendance game content. Yeah. That's, uh, I don't want to spoil it, but I'm going to have Pat and Ron on, and we're going to do Remember This Crap, the attendance game version. And we're just going to remember old attendance games. It's going to be great. be riveting. I want to ask Pat how he comes up with the palindrome guesses, because it's always like 35,853. Ron, did you notice it's the same forward as backwards? <laughs> That's great, Pat. Pat, to, Pat explaining how Santa was bad, so bad at it, it was the best. Cause he said, like, you know, everyone else guesses the first one, and then they base their next guesses on what the crowd looks like compared to the yeah. first game. But he said Santa never, could never do that. It was just these, these wild guesses. Fifty-seven thousand. Pat Wrigley. The capacity is thirty-eight. I don't know. There's some people in the aisles. Now, speaking of marquee, which we were. Um, I was I was tickled to find out they have a second Twitter account, and they and that Twitter account follows you. It's Marquee oh. Plus, and it has, as of right now, as of this moment, it has 109 followers. 
It's where they put their Chicago Sky stuff. Why isn't the Sky stuff just on the regular I, Twitter feed? I, I guess they have it for, I would guess, because they have to have some of the Sky games on the plus, on the streaming when it when it interferes with the Cubs games yeah. or, like, I guess, third-tier tennis Do tournaments. They don't know how Twitter um, works, though, that you can intersperse them and then more people see them than the other way? Now, listen, put Sky over here and we'll start a brand new one. We'll start from scratch. It'll be great. It'll be sky fever. We'll have thousand. How many do we have? 109? Is that good? That's not good. No, shit. Didn't the sky just play the fever? I don't know. I, I don't know. It's there's the WNBA. There's not enough S's at the end of team names. I find it it's very confusing. You know, it's fine. I love talking to the, w, the sky players. They're so nice and so funny and smart. And I just feel terrible for them that the, the league, and they know the league's terrible. Yeah. And they know that like everything about the, most teams are like, I said, they're run like, uh, the teams run like college pro- class projects <laughs> and like, it's just, but, and the players know this and they're so good at their jobs. Yeah. And it's just like, it's just kind of like, that's why they have to go to Russia to play for like yes. oligarchs. I was going to say they have to, uh, they, they have to risk imprisonment so they can make <laughs> enough right. money playing, <laughs> playing the Russian league. So then they can, they could play for peanuts in America. <laughs> I'm glad that Marquis is showing the games. Cause it's nice to have, something on that channel that actually wins occasionally as opposed to the, I mean, right. the, the championship team, team yeah. is, is the sky. Like that's the thing when I rip on, like, you know, I made fun of Marquee and I was, I was the, you know, I won that Pulitzer for my stories on, on them wearing the ties. Yep. Uh, Congratulations. You know, public serve, public service Pulitzer. But like, I do feel a little, I know I shouldn't, but I do feel a little bad for them. You know, you launch in a pandemic and then their first full season, they can't travel and the team stinks Second season, they are traveling. Teams even worse. And I, you know, what I'm going to write and you know, when I do the dollars and cents about this too is they also were weighed down by the fact that like team officials and like you know sort of media people have been calling for this and saying, oh, once they get their TV network, mm-hmm. then everything's going to be great. And now fans are like, well, this is bullshit yep. because the team stinks. They're not putting any money in it. And, you know, I don't like the TV network either because the games on it are <laughs> – the, the actual games on it are so bad. So I, I feel like they're getting a little bit of the Cubs, you know, mistake. But then again, you know, they're owned by the Cubs. They're part of the Cubs. But I was really – I was shocked, actually, when they launched at how little content they had. Yeah. It was like, you guys knew about this, right? I mean, didn't – you've been planning for this for years, and now there's – you have nothing to show – because when they launched, the pandemic hadn't started yet. And you would have thought they would have all this stuff in the can, you know, documentaries and other stuff. And they didn't have hardly anything. That's why they're yeah. showing um, team tennis at, you know, from 10 to noon every day. Right. And that's like a big, that's a Cubs issue because the Cubs could have started this whenever. Yeah. You know, they have, they, and they were, remember they were using all these like, uh, all these best of stuff that was produced by like MLB production. Oh yeah. Believe me. So I it had like no local flavor. They had um, greatest it made, moments. It made no sense. They had the one that was the greatest moments of Wrigley Field history, and number three was Steve Bartman. Oh yeah, because that. it wasn't Watch a Cub focused thing. It was basically things that happened at Wrigley Field, and they couldn't understand why fans got pissed. Like what? Like did any of you watch it? Uh, probably not. <laughs> well, we got to watch this stuff before we put it on. Oh, that seems like that would take some effort. It so is I'm, weird that the Cubs didn't have that ready. And, yeah, like, it, and again, that's not on Marquee. That's on the cup because Marquee, they weren't those people were hired like not that long before the thing yeah. launched. But then again, there was nothing preventing them from hiring people 
That's what I'm saying. The Cubs could have hired people like yeah. way well before right. that. And you, you pay them to put it together. There's still a huge gulf between the quality of the stuff Marquis does and the stuff that Cubs productions do. Yeah. The stuff they do on great. YouTube is so much better than anything you see on Marquis. Actually, one of the first shows they had on Marquis, they were just playing stuff off the YouTube channel. Yeah, right. I was like, that, oh, this stuff's actually YouTube. good. But everybody's already seen it four times. We don't need to watch it on your network now. Best of Cubs YouTube. Yeah, that was like the, uh, that, that was, was their that highest was... rated show for a while. I'm sure eight people watched it. Yeah, I just they, they should have the, they should let Taylor be unchained and just like really do shows with people's parents <laughs> and like actually make that she could like go to their homes. Like maybe that would be more interesting. They might as well. I mean, it's basically a right. Whole, it's basically just every game becomes parent talk. <laughs> Let's go interview. <sighs> All right, it's it's fine for like a minute. But they're not leaving. When she, especially if she can find a seat next to that person, we got it's twenty minutes. Um, and like, and no one cares about Brandon Hughes's mom. Like... Was on, I think, that game longer than Jim Deshays. She gave more. She was given analysis while she was doing it. <laughs> it's not like you're talking to Rizzo's dad. Yeah, you're talking to these randos guys. Like, I don't care about. Well, it's not like parents. he went to interview Mike Bryant and he actually grabbed the microphone and he's now going to talk for another, for ninety minutes. And there's nothing you can do short of cut it. Just cut the feed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So all those Cub fans like me who were all just really mad that they couldn't at least pick one of the guys to re-sign, and now they're all terrible. <laughs> right, they're all terrible. It's like right, now, Rizzo's got 10 homers. I'm like, just go take a look at Anthony's stats when he's not at Yankee Stadium. Because no. it's not good at all. And he's got like four wrote, home runs that would only have been a home run at Yankee Stadium. It's like, oh. Right before he came, I wrote about that. Um, I think it was right before he came or right when he came, I wrote about his... his is slash lines. It's like it was like slugging like six eighty seven at Yankee Stadium and like three twenty yeah. on the road. Oh, it's brutal. It's yeah. He hasn't homered really much in a while yeah. either. And like Brian hasn't homered. Brian's back yeah, hurt again. Back on the back list again. He was back for two days and now he's but back. Two on days the and he's like this back's terrible. And Javi, yeah. I mean, I don't think Tiger Stadium's the right place for Javi. No, but the good thing about it is, you know, you and I know that Javi will take a deep breath and look at the park and go, you know, I should just shorten my swing and go to right field. And it'll be fine. Because, oh, no, yeah. that's right. He'll just, I have to swing harder and it'll be yeah, fine. Right. <laughs> He'll be falling down during at-bats. It'll be great. You know what, the, the thing that, killed, that kills me about Javi, I mean, everyone's going to have weakness. You know, no one's perfect, barely, besides like Trout or something. But, like, he is, like, he's not like a, 
he's he's good at so many things. Like you would think that by now he would have figured out like yeah. his one weakness, like just take a few more pitches that are outside. Like you you look by now he can recognize when that's that pitch is coming. I mean, I know. Listen, we're you and I talking about hitting a slider like it's easy. It's, right. it's yeah, not, but like I'll show him. How to he's do. so he's his reaction, his reflexes are superhuman. Mm-hmm. Like, and he's a smart, really smart baseball player. And like, you would have think that by now he would have figured out a little bit. Like he did that one seat, you know, when he was second in the MVP, and yeah. he kind of he's things thought, clicked right, a little more. Everything he's got it now, and then it <laughs> right went away. Yeah, but I'd still rather have him on the team. I mean. Yeah, he's although I mean, I try. I made the case for Bryant because he's the best all-around player. But honestly, the guy who just his defensive value alone, you yeah, you might it might not be worth the all twenty-four million dollars a year, whatever he's getting paid. But you're gonna get you're gonna get production out of him at a position that you know they don't really have. I mean, it it, it would put Horner back at second base. And I don't know what we do with the adorable little Nick Madrigal. Um, <laughs> The only shortstop they've got coming is Christian Hernandez, who's in the, you know, the Arizona League or whatever. I mean, right. they don't. It's not like they. Of course, there's the old joke, you know, when they had, you know, when they had Baez and Russell and all. And it's like, oh my god, what do we do with all these shortstops? And then by the end of one season, Mike Freeman is playing shortstop in a pepper. <laughs> like, you probably. I mean, yeah. And I also Addison's Addison's tearing up the Mexican league. Right he now. is. Yeah, on a, on the team of disgraced uh, yeah. <laughs> played for Mickey Calloway. Managed by Mickey Calloway. <laughs> uh, um, I forgot what I was gonna say. It was very astute. Nah, it'll come. Some back Ildarm, was it some Vargas comment? What is it? Ildarmo Vargas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was got to talk. It's all Ildarmo Vargas chat now. I want to talk about that. <laughs> How funny was it though when Sutcliffe was getting so frustrated watching? Yeah, that was him great because you know Rick, childhood hero of mine. Um, I feel like the perfect role for him with Marquis is bring him to a home game, slide him in for the middle three innings of of a game, and let him tell a few stories, and then go away. And but no, they had him yeah. doing. He did five games in six five games in six days, and it's like no. yeah, but yeah, the old, the part of it that was re, that redeemed it was. He started to get mad at Vargas, and then the ball kept finding Il Demaro, and he kept doing <laughs> bad things. And Rick was getting madder and madder and madder. That was good though, because everyone likes Rick, and he's great. And I just hate when he becomes this homer. That's yeah. just like, well, it was remember just last a... year when he was on, and he was just like talking about, "Hey, remember the remember when we won the World Series? <laughs> what a great cool? what a great organization this is!" And everyone's like, "Dude, everyone's pissed off right now. Like, read the room." Well, it was only a couple of games after he got mad at El tomorrow that he's trying to make the case. Um, the Cubs, Cubs are going to be buyers at the at the deadline. I remember you. And uh, Pat was doing the games with him because that was they had the weird Friday night on Apple TV, and then Sunday Boog would be gone anyway, so Boog just didn't go to Arizona. So Pat did all three games, and Pat literally was like, "This, this trade deadline, like Rick, I wonder what the hand signals were. Like, you know, no, what, what, what are you doing?" Are you about to tell the George Clooney story again? We don't want to hear it. There was one point there in that stretch when I was listening, and he was like, Hayward had a single, and he was like, uh, he's like, I think his bat's really heating up. <laughs> he's, he's one for 22 now, but it's a, it's a hard one for 22. Just missing. 
like, single it's really eaten up. And then I started looking through uh, uh, his numbers, and it was just like really bad, really, really. It's just just really terrible. Yeah, it's bad, and it's to the point where it's. I mean, they're going to DFA him at some point. It's not doesn't make sense to do it now because they have no one to play behind. I mean, there's no one to play. Like when he's out there, it's just literally because they need a body that. Knows. I, don't they just going to have Christopher Morrell play every position? Right. Maybe multiple at once. Can you you think you can play left and center? What tonight? Yeah, it's, at the same time. No, I don't think I can. Yeah, I mean he's not. He's not blocking anybody. I mean, it was funny though the people who were, uh, we got to see what Michael Hermosillo could do. We, I mean, we, we can't risk uh, DFAing him, and, and he's slugging 089. It's like, I think he could risk it. I really do. I think he'd probably make it to Iowa. It's like uh, guys on Twitter will be like, they'll be showing who's doing rehab assignments, and they're like, reinforcements are on the way. And it's like oh, the reinforcements are Alec Mills. And David Bodie, those are not reinforcements. Oh. It's got. Will they lose more games than they did in 2012? I think they can lose 102. I don't know. What we found out the last couple of nights is the Reds are super bad. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, they might go like 17 and two against the Reds, and uh, I think it's hard to lose 102 when he wins 17 against one team. How they've lost any games to the Pirates is a mystery. Like I've only been to I've been to two of those Pirates Cubs games in person. It was the the twenty one nothing game and the seven nothing game. Yeah, it's at one point they had outscored them like fifty five to twenty one, and they had both won four games. <laughs> it was I, I was there sitting in those good seats my uh, cousin has to watch Daniel Vogelbach triple, and then to watch him get thrown out by six feet. He is huge. Vogelbach is. Yeah, he's even bigger. Than I, he's gotten so much. He's gotten a lot bigger than he used to be. I mean, you would think that uh, just leaving Milwaukee, you'd lose a little weight. You know, the your but then you access to sausage is cut is cut down considerably. Oh, that's true. I mean, he's like um, Pittsburgh. It's like, is it? What do they do? What's the big deli? You're from that area. What's the big deli? From Manny Brothers. Is, is the, it the, the they the put the French fries food. on the sandwich? Yeah, yeah. I, I've never oh, had it that's sober. Gonna, that's got to be. In, Dan was in heaven when he found out about that. Yeah, I've never had that one sober, so but I like, would assume. He's I, like, okay, there's not fries. Skinny Pittsburghers. There's fries on the sandwich. Do I also get fries though? I mean, do I get? They're only on the sandwich. We can get you some more, Dan. That'll be fine. Jim Leland's like the only skinny like, Pittsburgh. Well, that's because he was he, smoking. Just he smokes. Yeah, all the time. eight packs of cigarettes a game. It's hard to gain a lot. You know, of once a, one time I was in his. Uh, I was doing like pregame when he was at the Tigers and White Sox, and I'd been out drinking the night before, and I didn't feel that great. And Jim's just chain smoking in his office, and I'm like starting to feel sick because it's just like you know, like you're back at a bar again. Then after he smokes a few cigarettes, and he eats atomic fireballs to keep, <laughs> <laughs> to keep the sensation. It's good for my heartburn. What? <laughs> I was like, how are you sucking on a fireball after smoking three heaters? <sighs> All right, so I want to ask you uh, if you know how are our, how are our friends at Chugo doing? I don't think anyone's gotten beaten up in a while. That's so good. That's yeah. Plus. Um, I don't know. I, I can't imagine the the seventh circle of hell having a podcast about Chicago sports teams every day. Why did you that? do that? That's what I was going to ask you. I I don't get 
I don't know why you need to do five podcasts a week on every one of the sports. It's, and they're all terrible. Every team stinks. Yeah, it's not like you're like, oh, you know, we gotta we gotta recap all this excitement. It's like, and then, I mean, trying to do bear content, you know, in the off season, five days a week. I mean, I even saw on you know, I was scrolling by on Twitter and to see it, and they were talking about Jalen Johnson practicing with the twos. What does that mean? It means it's May. Is I think that's what it means. Like, if nobody's gonna give a shit in August that he practiced with the second team for a day. I don't know how these guys do it. I mean, some of these guys are more passionate. I'm just not as passionate about it, I guess, as I used to be. But I could not talk about these teams every day. Maybe if they're Cubs, or maybe like the 2016 Cubs you could, or the, you know, even the you know, Derrick Rose Bulls, like when they were, a lot was going on. But this is just, you know, the Bulls are terrible once they launched. And, like, everyone stinks. This is, it's a, I mean, I'm, not, I'm used to it. I'm used to every team being bad in town. But, like, I guess we had the Blackhawks for a while. You know, but just, you know, I'm used to the mediocrity. It's not, you know, been doing this for almost 20 years. Just from a content consumption standpoint, though. I mean, who's listening to these five days a week? I, I have some questions about that it's as well. It's got to just and be like, a... uh, an example is there was this really good, um, I was looking for a, um, like a TV recap podcast. Not KAP, mm-hmm. not Dave Kaplan, but... Because there's a lot of good TV on, and I found one, and uh, so I subscribed to it. But they only had one feed, and so you got everything. And so I would spend the morning going, de- deleting a bunch of episodes off my phone before I could get to the few that I wanted, and I just deleted it. I'm like, I'm, I can't, I, I can't curate yeah. my own right. podcast feed every morning, and then all during the day they'd be putting more up. It's like, you know, I just I can't do it. And I kind of feel like if you subscribe to one of the Chuggo podcasts, after a while you're like, there's there's eight of them on my phone that I haven't listened to. I'm now I feel like I'm, you know, drowning. I, I think I wonder, cause they put a lot of money into like their white socks. And like, I just wonder if they're like, man, this is, are they getting hate listens? Cause it's just like a miserable team. Um, and then they put a lot of money in their Blackhawks, which we all found was kind of weird. Yeah. And we have two Blackhawks writers, but even they're like, man, imagine talking about the Blackhawks every day. I can't. I can't talk about. It. I can't watch. I can't even. I can't watch the Cubs every day, much less talk about them every day. That would be an issue if I was on the Cub podcast. We want to talk about today. Oh, I didn't watch today. <laughs> I can't watch that crap every day. Are you kidding me? <sighs> want me to tell a twenty-minute story about Frank Schwindel getting a flat tire and not being able to go to Iowa, and now he's hit four home runs in a week because that's really exciting. That's. That's a. It, I, I should have probably dug into that a little more. Like, what happened there? Like, why did they send? Him, why would? Did they just get frustrated and just decide to send him? I think Ross got frustrated with him and just wanted to get him out of here. I think and so. then, he gave that whole he gave that whole interview where he's like, he's got a lot to work yeah. on. You see, you just don't get a spot up here. Yep. You don't. You know, you don't get a gifted man. And then, like a day later, he, <laughs> he, he never went. Right? Like yeah, he was right? going to go yeah. to the airport or drive. I'm sure he's going to drive to Des Moines. You don't fly to Des Moines. You gotta, um, and he was gonna he was gonna head out that night, and he had a flat tire, so he had to wait till the morning to get it fixed. And by the time he's getting the tire fixed, they needed him to get on a commercial flight to San Diego, where he got a middle seat. <laughs> that middle seat thing is too funny. I mean, God, that's like how could you give the guy a middle seat? First class, to San Diego. The first class comes. <laughs> he got peanuts. 
I mean, come on. He didn't have to go to Iowa. Did he? Uh, maybe. Oh, God. Maybe. Is you should ask him. You know, I've never talked to Schwindel, shockingly. I tried talking to Madrigal twice this year, and he's like, blew me off both times. <laughs> big league me both times. Can you imagine that? Getting big league by Nick Madrigal? Somebody should show Nick a chart of his uh, career batting average and on-base average and just watch as it's like, oh, that's, it never seems to go up, Nick. It, just, it started <laughs> high, and it's just kind of trending down and to the right. I did a whole thing. I don't, I don't want to relitigate the whole thing, but I had a whole theory. Because there were people, like, Madrigal can't be bad. He can't be bad. The White Sox drafted fourth overall, and the Cubs traded a really good asset to get him. So clearly both teams know there's something there. I said, well, both teams could be wrong. And it really felt like both teams were trying to solve a problem. You know, we got too much, both teams, we got too much swing and miss. We just need one guy who's going to hit, going to hit line drives and base hits. And we'll get this little, we'll get the four foot two guy who can't run. And really can't feel the position, but that'd be fine because it'll all work out. And after a while, the White Sox were like, "Oh!" And then he t- tears his hamstring, and they're like, "Well, we can just give him away." And now the Cubs have him, and they're like, "Oh!" And I compared it to <laughs> Cap's long tortured story about wandering into the hotel bar after the 2008 Cubs got swept by the Dodgers, and they're all sitting around. And it's like Lou and Matt Sinatro and Jim Hendry. They're all in the bar, and Lou is bitching about how the only left-handed hitter you gave me is Fukadome, and he can't hit, and blah blah blah. And out of that came the tradeaway Mark DeRosa and sign Milton Bradley. That was going to fix everything. It's like just because you identify what you think the weakness <laughs> is doesn't mean your solution actually works. There was people that told me about the Cubs get magical that they thought that was like not Jed's first choice, and that was basically I can't just see how it could have been. Right. I almost I mean, wonder. If, a, a, I almost wonder if uh, Jed's brother Cody Hoyer was the was the real prize in the trade because it was until he got caught Tommy yeah, John disease. Absolutely. Uh, right. I, I yeah, I'm sure he asked for Vaughn. Like yeah. everyone asked for Vaughn. That's what Hans told me. Like every conversation they have. He said people ask for Vaughn. He said people still ask for like Eloy or like Luis Robert occasionally. But um, yeah, Vaughn's the guy you ask for because he's the guy you figure is expendable and they just don't want to get rid of him. I mean, yeah, magical is just maybe, listen, maybe it's just, you know, he comes back and he, he gets his little bat up and he starts hitting again. But like. Well, my no, issue no, with him though was they. They had the exact same skill set, except in a better athlete, in Nico Horner. Right. You have an adult-sized version of Madrigal. <laughs> and he does all, all the things Madrigal does well, Nico does well, except Nico actually does other things well. Like, he's fast. He has, a, he has an actual major league arm. He was a gold glove finalist at second base. And they were just playing him at shortstop. Yeah, and they were just playing him at shortstop out of necessity this year with the idea was eventually he was going to go back to second. Yeah. And then you go trade for a, a small version of him. And maybe they're just like, well, maybe one of them will work out. We got two. Maybe cool. one of them will work out. What a lose-lose trade that was. How much of it was that the Jed doing Kimbrell a solid because his, his daughter was getting medical treatment. They didn't have to leave Chicago. Right. And... Yeah, I, I, I do wonder that, too. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, it looked good at the time for the Sox. Like, on yeah. paper, it was a good idea, you know? Just didn't, I mean, just completely didn't work out. Socks are tough, man. That's a, the, I don't know what the hell's going to happen over there. You know, it, you just kind of think of how, like, they did a better job. I mean, you can argue they did a better job with the rebuild than the Cubs did because they signed all their yeah, guys. Yeah, they signed their guys. 
Yeah, so they gave them a lot more cost certainty. It just shows how difficult it is. Um, you know, I don't know. That's a that's gonna be an interesting story to see how th- that season shakes out. Not that you care, but like I don't. The rest of us, yeah. I actually don't. There, there's they can't miss the playoffs. The American League, especially the Central, is set up. They can't miss it. But that doesn't mean they're going to do anything in it. I mean, right. if they if they're three or four and out after That's the right. season like, that was built up exactly. to be World Series or bust. You know, heads got to roll. I can't imagine that the 87-year-old manager gets to run it back one more time. But it's also there's no chance he gets whacked in season. That's no, not going to happen. No. He's, no, he's guaranteed. No, he doesn't even talk. I don't even think he talks to Miguel Cairo. Like, <laughs> Does he know who he is? Who's yeah, this guy, who's this he guy that's always around me in the dugout? It's your bench. <laughs> My what? I mean, everyone's dream is Ozzy to take over. That's not going to happen because yeah. they don't. Just the front office. I mean, it's just there's there's too much division there between the front office and him. But it's we can such, send this over to Jim Margulis's podcast later. We yeah. it's such a Chicago that. thing, isn't it? To just go back to the the guy who won, the guy who won, and was you know entertaining. That that's just the solution. It was just like the Bears every year. A bunch of people like just bring Ditka back. You know what this team yeah, needs? They need, they need the fire and the passion. Bring Ditka back. It's like no. Yeah, Ozzy has turned into Ditka. Just always still around. You know, and just there. And I, I thought it was really funny, though, when Renteria was around and Ozzy was doing the post game, and Ozzy, like, clearly didn't respect Renteria in any way. And it was just, like, the most uncomfortable situation. Like, he likes Tony. You know, he'll criticize him, but he obviously likes Tony a lot. But, like, it was, that was a great situation to put the manager who wants the job <laughs> on the post game show to criticize the manager who's not that good. Yeah. But on the other side of town, at least the Cubs have already given David Ross a contract extension because that was good. They really needed needed to do that because he had I love Ross, man. He had two years left on his deal, and he needed to lock him up because he could go nowhere. I, I like I don't dislike Ross, but I, like they they love Ross, mm-hmm. man. They like I mean you know they they claim they had like you know Theo claimed to me like. They really tried to like overcome their biases when they were hiring him, and like have like other people independently grade hit all the interviews. But like, come on, they wanted to hire Dave Ross. And they hired Dave Ross. Like we all know it. It's like the worst kept secret in sports. Like Madden knew it when he that last season that Dave Ross was yeah. taking his job. Yeah, they were literally shoving the shoving their Hall of Fame manager out the door. They couldn't replace him fast enough. It's like. <laughs> what what is the hurry? Why are we doing this? Yeah. Well, maybe Joel have the last laugh. He actually he finally has a good team in Anaheim. He finally has an actual. Uh, I mean, he probably thought he had a bullpen last year because he gave him Steve Ciszek. <laughs> I'm rooting hard for the Angels. You know, I mean, listen, the White Sox winning the, the which isn't going to happen, but the White Sox winning be better for me professionally, and I'd like to see it happen for my friends in town, the city, but like. I'm assuming that's not going to happen, and I'm rooting for the Angels because not only do I like Joe, they actually have a. I would love to see like like everyone else, these great players in the World Series. Yeah, like well, I mean, Shohei, Trout. I mean, what will it, what will it be like to have Shohei in the playoffs? Like, how will they use right. him? I mean, there's, you know, he could end up. They could decide never to start him, and he pitches the last three innings of every playoff game instead. Oh, yeah, Joe. Can you imagine Joe plus Shohei in the playoffs? That sounds, much as we all love Joe, that seems like a recipe for success. Yeah. 
I think it was funny when everybody got, you know, Joe uh, walked Corey Seager, who Theo famously told us too tall to play shortstop, um, walked Corey Seager with the bases loaded in the fourth inning of a game. And everybody went nuts. Oh, there's Joe. He's crazy, overmanaging, blah, 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 blah. And they won. And they won, like, the next six in a row and went into first place. It's like, yeah, he sometimes he has to be Joe. Just he can't help himself. But yeah. you know, he knows how to run a baseball team and just let him do it. Listen, he saw someone do that in the California League, 1975. Yeah, you know he had a 35-minute story about it after the game <laughs> right. as to why he did right. it. Right. Right. It's like some guy named Peanuts Johnson, who was a manager in, <laughs> like, Tacoma, well, did it before. Joe's a good example of how they're, you know, everything we thought we were going to get with Marquis, you know, was, well, they're going to do it. The reason they have to get away from there is they need more income and blah, blah, blah. It's clear that the, they don't strategically think about Marquis and the Cubs, given that they, who would have been the most perfect who would have been the most perfect uh, manager to have when you launch your own TV network? Then Joe, Joe would fill up the hour pre and post game by himself. And they were like, Oh, Hey, we got a new network. All right. No, no, Joe's gone. We don't, we don't really need him anymore. Uh, Yeah. I don't know when we're going to see a good Cubs team again. When do you think? Oh, with the prospect perverts to tell you that it's, you know, it's just two years away. I mean, look, at Myr- Myrtle Beach has the best record in the minor leagues and the best offense and blah, 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 and it's great. I would much rather have good good minor league teams than bad, but you, we also know that if you have, what, if you have 10 good prospects, you might get one really good player and one good one out of it. He just Well, it, it, here's the thing that, that does make me a little optimistic, not about them winning again because who knows that's going to happen, but, you know, the Theo and Jed and McLeod regime, they had like three good prospects. You know, maybe two. Is it just Chris and, and Kyle? I mean, do I guess we're are we counting like you know Hendricks and you I mean, know, yeah, and they, they inherited Hobby, they traded for Kyle, right? So like, what, the thing that Jim Hendry's you know regime did well was like these like mid level guys, terrible in the first yeah. round, right? But the mid they would have all these random guys that would make the majors, and you know, even like Josh Donaldson, everyone's favorite guy. Um, you know, those type of players they developed and they found, they scouted. Like Hendry's guys had a way of finding those guys that Theo's, Theo's regime found like none, like zero until, no. you know, maybe some now. But like it, it's amazing how how bad they were in those middle rounds. Yeah, they needed like – they had to have a top eight pick and take a, a proven college player to get anything out of it. They, that's how they got Bryant, Schwarber, and Hap. And they really didn't get anything else. And they couldn't develop a single pitcher. It is amazing how bad they were. Yeah, it developed. Like, you would think just, you would think you accidentally would pick somebody who would wander through your staff or wander through your system and onto right. the staff, and they couldn't. And it yeah, derailed like everything. Henry, it ruined their plan. Yeah. That's like whenever I criticize Ricketts, you know, I always have to leave a little, you know, as much as no one wants to compliment. You know, it's not a compliment to him. It's just that the front office also screwed the pooch up, yeah. like. On a big part of it, on a big part of their plan, was, was to develop young talent to fill the gaps. Yeah. I mean, I think the one thing Tommy deserves credit for is somewhere they were having a meeting and said, you know what we need? We need a Theo Epstein. And he went, why don't we get the Theo Epstein? And they did. So It is kind of amazing. I know Theo, or not Theo, some people refer to it as, uh, as Crane's Hail Mary. 
and like Crane, I think basically probably kept his job because he like spearheaded, you know, he like at least led the charge for it. Yeah. But like, yeah, if they don't get, that's you're right. I, I was the one right. Like they need a Theo Epstein. They actually got the real one. It's kind yeah. of still pretty incredible, but now he's gone. Now they've got the Jed Hoyer. Yeah, Theo they don't even have Jeff Greenberg anymore. No, that's too bad. Well, you'll, you'll be getting texts now from, uh, you'll be getting accidental Blackhawks texts instead of accidental Cub texts. So, yeah, I'm hoping that's the case. Be like, Hey, we're sending this guy to Rockford. I'll be like, don't care. <laughs> Delete my number. Yep. All right. Well, thank you, John. It was, uh, it's great to have you on. We won't, we, let's not wait as long next time to do it again. Yeah. Anytime. Anytime Marquis screws up. Oh, well, that'll, he'll, be, he'll be back on tomorrow. then. I'm sure. Yeah, see you tomorrow. All right. Thanks a lot. All right. See you. Many of us have herpes. 